Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to Haunted Tales, your weekly dose of horror. We've got everything from ghosts, cryptids, and curses to deals with the devil, giant insects, and more. Sit back and enjoy this week's story after a little message from our friends. Ah, damn, Curtis thought, seeing the elevator door standing open, with a youth already waiting inside, staring down at one of those modern phones. The person was covered from head to toe, even going so far as to wear a mask underneath the black hoodie. For one moment, he thought about letting it go, catching the next one, but after scanning the small red screens, he changed his mind immediately. This wouldn't do. Every single other one was somewhere far up above, and he was already cutting it extremely close. Shit, he grumbled, stepping closer and seeing the doors of the elevator suddenly springing into action. They shook, moved and started to shut on their own. Curtis jumped, raced along the polished marble floor, shouting, Hey! at the young person waiting inside the small cabin. Hold it! The head, and with it the hood, raised up slowly. Two eyes stared out at him, daring him to speak again, as he sprinted toward the now already half-closed door, the edge of his briefcase hitting the side of his leg. Come on, just push the button, he screamed inside his head, not daring to shout those words out loud. Otherwise, this youth might let the door close on purpose. He knew how these people were. No honor, no respect, no spine. Sprinting along, he could see the door closing more and more. Oh, shit, he screamed inside his head. What would Mr. Wilkins say when he was late again? The old grumbling behemoth would probably blow a gasket, shout, wail, and curse for another fifteen minutes, while all the other people would look on, staring at them with a mix of horror and amusement. He had to pray someone else had already done something to set the old man off. That would be his only chance to slip by unnoticed. Not much more than a tiny gap remained and Curtis already tried to steel himself for the dressing down he would receive. As a hand appeared, fingers touching the closing door, and it stuttered before slowly opening again. Curtis tried to stop his feet, started sliding over the floor toward the elevator, where he could now see some movement again. The strange youth was stepping back toward the corner, its eyes already fixed again on the screen of its phone. One single moment, Curtis thought about thanking the person, but instantly decided that it wasn't necessary. Those kinds of people wouldn't even react to something like a thank you. Probably wouldn't be listening to him at all, he reasoned, as the slide stopped and he stepped onto the elevator. He nodded toward the person heading for the panel and pressing the button, before moving to the other corner, letting his back touch the wall and breathing deeply. Curtis knew he had to calm himself. Depending on Mr. Wilkins's mood, even as little as looking like one might have been late could set him off. 
He was truly a terrible being and an even worse boss. Absent-mindedly, Curtis started to massage his right thigh. The spots where the hard edge of his briefcase had hit him again and again. If he limped into the office, someone might notice. How the hell had he ended up working in such a minefield? He asked himself that question practically daily, felt his own life slipping away by the hour. Just calm down, Curtis told himself, straightening his pants and feeling his heartbeat normalize slowly. Just as the door closed again, he could see Linda, one of his co-workers, appearing in a downstairs lobby. She looked stressed, turned toward him, and their eyes met. There was fear in them. She was late. Curtis! she screamed, heading into his direction. He lowered his gaze, shook his head. This was perfect. Another lightning rod had appeared. A sacrifice, so to speak. Hold the elevator! Her voice sounded so stressed, so panicked. Curtis looked up at the youth, still standing in a corner, now staring at him while pointing at the panel. Again, he shook his head heard the door sliding in its rails as the frantic steps were coming closer. The youth looked openly at him, rolled its eyes before shaking its head. Curtis felt his stomach tightening, turning into a scalding ball of anger as he saw the gesture. What the fuck did this child even know? Adults didn't have the luxury of being friendly. It was a cutthroat world out here. If you wanted to get on in life, you had to make difficult decisions. Be able and willing to even sacrifice your closest friends. He snorted derisively and could immediately feel the other person stare for a moment before one last shout reached them as the door to the elevator slammed shut. Mr. Wilkins would have a sacrifice and it wouldn't be him, Curtis thought, grinning softly. You're a real piece of work, you know. The voice that came out of the other person sounded strangely female. It was hard to tell on the roll of the clothes, but at least the tone gave him a clue. And what the fuck would you know? He shot back angrily as the elevator started to ascend. Even if he was a few seconds late, beating Linda was all that mattered. I held the elevator for you, didn't I? He shook his head, looking at the figure, then at the panel. There was only one button glowing. Twenty-second floor. His company's floor. Oh, crap, he thought, looking back at a figure still staring down at her phone. Curtis knew with absolute certainty that this person wasn't working there. He'd know her otherwise. But that would mean she either had an interview for one of the open spots or was a family member to someone. Did Mr. Wilkins have a daughter? Or maybe one of the bosses above? He could feel cold sweat on his brow. Had he just insulted someone important? Calm down, man. He heard the person say, suddenly putting the phone in one of the pockets before staring at him directly and pushing back the hood. What the fuck do you want? Curtis demanded, still angry. If this person was a family member of one of the bosses, he was already in deep shit. He had to hope it was just some dropout looking for a job. 
Maybe he could make it so that this person didn't even want the job anymore. Eliminate the threat right here and now. He pushed himself off the wall as the elevator reached the tenth floor, walking toward the person who was staring her down. If he was wrong? Well, years of work would have been for nothing. He'd have to start over again somewhere else. Wait a minute, his mind screamed at him. When he had entered the elevator, the panel had been dark. This person hadn't pressed any of the buttons, was just waiting in here like some kind of freak. There was no danger to his job. I asked you a question. What the fuck do you want? How about a little respect, huh? He could see the person lowering the mask, pulling it off while staring straight up at him. There was no fear in the dark brown eyes, and Curtis stopped short before reaching her. Or was it him? Now, without the mask, he truly couldn't tell. The person standing in the corner of the elevator was beautiful. Seemed completely at ease while he tried to look as intimidating as possible. What I want? The female voice asked, and he could see a smile forming on the lips. Just some entertainment. Curtis could feel a chill running through him. In the instant he felt the shiver in his arms and legs, his instincts howled at him to run away. There was something wrong with whoever was standing there. A cruel glimmer in the dark brown eyes that seemed to stare right through him. You're a piece of shit, Curtis. But thankfully... Sometimes the world truly is a just place. He could see the hand of the person putting the mask away, then heard a snap as the elevator suddenly came to a halt between the floors. What the fuck? he asked and heard the person giggle. Show me how tough you really are, their voice demanded, lifting one hand and snapping the fingers again before the light went out and the cabin of the elevator turned pitch black. And being a piece of shit won't save you this time, Curtis. He could feel his heart beating violently in his chest as the voice seemed to wander around him. This had to be some kind of joke, right? A prank? Maybe some hidden camera show? Instinctively, he stepped back the way he had come, extended his hand to touch the side of the cabin, but felt nothing. A cold breeze hit his face, together with a strange smell. Wet straw. Mold. What the fuck? He asked out loud, heard his own voice travel in only the softest of echoes. His feet went back further and further. He should have touched the wall after a second. Why the hell was he still walking back? And the noise he made. He could hear his polished shoes giving off a different sound from before. There was no carpet beneath him any longer. It sounded like stone. Rough, wet rock. Neither smooth nor flat. What is going on here? He asked again, hissing the words more than speaking them out loud. He was no longer in the elevator, that much he knew. Was this some kind of bad trip? Had he been dosed? It had to be some kind of hallucination. Where are you? He bellowed out feeling his own voice shiver as another ice-cold breeze hit him and wormed its way beneath his clothes. A snide laughter was all the answer he got. 
<laughs> the voice giggled, and Curtis suddenly felt cold stone on his back as his feet reached the end. Complete and utter darkness surrounded him, as the stench of wet, rotten straw continued to fill his nostrils. This was hell, a tiny voice inside his head said, and Curtis could feel his legs starting to shake again. Whatever this was, he needed to get out of here. His hand touched a cold, rough stone in his back, looking for anything to hold on to, but finding nothing. He needed something, some kind of a clue, where he was and how he could leave. No matter if this was real or just a drug-induced hallucination, if he stayed like this, he might end up going crazy, his mind warned. Slowly, he put down his briefcase, heard it clicking on the hard stone floor, before reaching into his pocket and feeling relief as his fingers touched his phone. At least he could make light, he thought, and for a moment the fear seemed to subside. His hand was still shaking as he pulled the small device free, now completely focused on the different noises of his surroundings. Somewhere far away, water was dripping on the floor. He could hear the wind moaning while coming through a crack, felt the breeze on his skin under his now sweat-stained dress shirt. But there was also something else. Quiet scraping, like fingernails scratching against a stone. His instincts warned him already, told him to stay and wait. No, that wasn't possible. He needed to see, Curtis told himself feeling his heart beating fast. Slowly, he lifted the device up, making sure the light was pointing away from his face so as to not blind himself, and pressed the button. The screen lit up. He could see how pale his hand looked in the weak light, tiny droplets running down his skin. Please, just let me see the elevator, he prayed in his thoughts, before unlocking the phone and activating the flashlight. Blindingly white, his surroundings came into view. This was no place he had ever seen before. Gone were the fake wooden walls, the carpet and panel on his side. The floor beneath was a rough-hewn stone, where water was running between the plates, dragging along pieces of pale straw. Up above, he could see the same kind of stone in the ceiling, where, too, water was running along overhead. What the fuck? Curtis whispered. It looked exactly the same, mirrored it perfectly, only there was no reflection. Slowly, he twisted his hand, concentrated on what was lying on his sides, but was met with this exact view again and again. Everywhere he gazed, the ground looked the same with the ceiling mirroring the floor. No lamps, no chandeliers, nothing but stone, water and straw as far as his torchlight could shine. Was this some kind of dungeon? One of those old sanatoriums, where they had chained up the insane not even a hundred years ago. A shiver ran down his spine. He couldn't stay here. Whatever here even was. Curtis took a step forward, away from the wall, and saw the light shivering. A groan escaped him. There was no end in sight, no wall, no nothing. 
The dripping of the water filled the air. Rotting straw drifted by him. Faster and faster he walked on, his steps echoing from the wall behind him, disappearing into the darkness that seemed to stretch into eternity. He could feel himself starting to jog, then sprint. There was nothing in front of him but darkness. <sighs> A long, desperate moan suddenly filled the air, and Curtis tried to stop immediately, but felt his shoes slipping over the wet stone floor. The light of his phone shook, and he could see something right at the edge of the cone. A figure huddled down, completely naked, and was lying on the floor. No, not floor, his mind corrected. This thing was on the ceiling, lying there as if it was the ground. Curtis' mind reeled as he saw it move, dragging its arm over the wet stone while moaning again. It looked emaciated, completely hairless with closed eyes, and its movements seemed so strangely natural that for one single moment he wondered if it wasn't he himself who was standing on the ceiling, looking down at his figure. His whole body seemed to get lighter at the thought, as if he might be falling any second now, and instinctively Curtis threw himself to the floor. The light disappeared from the figure, and he heard it moan again, this time less desperate, more angry, like a snarl. <sighs> Turn off the damned light, his mind howled, but his hand already twisted softly, pointing the beam directly at the place where this thing had been. He had to know, needed to see what it was doing up there. This time, as his eyes finally focused on it, it had changed, turned. Its head was now above the floor, or ceiling, two thin arms pushing it up while the legs still tried to get beneath the body. Holy shit! Curtis screamed inside his head as he watched it struggle to get up. The sound of nails scraping over the wet stone filled the air, overshadowed the dripping noises as somewhere in the darkness another moan could be heard. Far outside the light, but definitely the same kind of thing as the one that was now turning its head into his direction. Run away! His instinct screeched, while the beam of his phone flickered over the figure. Curtis pushed himself off the floor, feeling his shirt not being completely drenched by the ice-cold water. He should go back where he had come from. A third moan reached him, somewhere to his right. Shit, he mumbled, got fully on his legs and was ready to turn as his gaze met the one of the figure above. Its eyes were now open, just a slit, but he was sure he could see something white underneath. This thing was human, he instantly realized, completely emaciated as if it hadn't eaten in years but definitely human. He could see it opening its mouth, expected another moan, but suddenly heard a bone-chilling scream echoing around the place. It hardly reached him. Curtis felt transfixed. Inside the thing's mouth, he could see its gums, with holes where the teeth should be. A dark, shriveled husk vibrating where once it had a tongue. Pale spots in the red skin of the inside of its cheeks. 
If you stay here, you'll end up just like it, his instincts cried out, and Curtis felt his feet suddenly stepping back as the figure up there came to its knees. It screamed again, and this time he could hear other voices chiming in. They howled, cried, because he had invaded here. This was no place for the living. Those things up there were dead and angry. He could hear it clearly in their screeching as he whirled around and started to run. More and more voices echoed off the ceiling and floor, some far away, others far too close. Curtis tried to ignore them, concentrate on the only thing he could, find the wall again. He should have followed it from the start. A set of footsteps rang out in the darkness behind him, above him, heading straight into his direction, following him. He raced along, could feel the rough yet slippery ground beneath the soles of his shoes, slid and stumbled twice and could hear the other one gaining on him. The light in front of him shook violently. He could feel himself shivering, his legs nearly giving in as he lost his balance once again. Behind him, it screeched, and the other howlers seemed to close ranks in the darkness. All of them were following him, trying to get to him. Do something, his mind wailed. It couldn't be much longer until he reached the wall. But then what? What could he do? He had to hope he'd somehow leave this place again. A rotten stench hit his nostrils as the thing on the ceiling screamed, incredibly close, hardly more than a few steps behind him. Instinctively, Curtis tried to duck, felt his foot slipping, his legs losing their balance as he toppled. His elbow hit the stone, hard. Pain shot through his arm as the phone slid from his grasp, whirling wildly through the air and he felt himself sliding along the wet stone, his shirt being ripped open right below his chest. He could hear himself scream, followed by the howl of a mass of those beings, somewhere behind in the darkness. One other voice answered, this one directly above him. His phone was lying off to his side, but he didn't dare to go over and pick it up. The only thing that mattered now was getting away from the figure on the ceiling. It was howling loudly, as if alerting the others to his position. They would come for him now, would be here any moment. On his hands and knees, Curtis crawled along the floor, ignoring the blinking light on his side, the shadows that now were dancing in it. He had to get out of here somehow. As fast as he could, he shot forward, heard the voice following him above, still screaming. Oh God! he cried, felt the rough stone ripping his pants at the knees and the skin of his palms. The stench was nearly unbearable, but he could hardly smell it. The noise ear-shattering, but he only heard his own heart beating in his chest. All that mattered was the fear. He knew that those things would drag him into the darkness once they caught up to him. Curtis threw himself forward, tried to speed up his escape, and crashed headfirst into the rough stone wall. He could taste blood already, before his body hit the ground and the wailing followed, still directly above him. Pain was pulsating throughout his head and body. 
His arms and legs were shaking hard enough to make any kind of resistance impossible. It was directly above him, somewhere in the darkness. If he kept lying right there, maybe it wouldn't reach him. Maybe it would fall asleep again. Maybe... The screeching got quieter as a new noise filled his ears. Wet skin on rough stone, right against a wall. Suddenly, the same stench from before hit him like a brick. Rotting meat, sweat and blood. Again, something tapped against the wall. Closer. It was coming down, he realized. Tried to move, but his arms and legs were shaking too hard. Just keep your eyes closed. Don't look at it. An unseen hand touched the wall only a foot away from his head. Closer. He could feel its breath already, hot against his skin. Again it touched the wall, crawled down from it while he whimpered softly. It would grab him, drag him up onto the ceiling, where all the damned souls waited for him already. What would they do? Feast on him? Turn him into one of their own? Curtis screamed as a hand touched his shoulder, opened his eyes against his own will, and stared into the strangely androgynous face of the person sitting beside him in the elevator. There was carpet beneath his now shivering body. His shirt was drenched, stank, and had long rips and tears in it. Neither his briefcase nor his phone were here. What I want, the female-sounding voice whispered right into his ear, while the person stroked his cheek softly, is a little bit of respect, especially from someone like you. There was disdain in the voice. He could hardly follow the words. Better pray I won't see you again, Curtis. Oh, another tip. Don't close your eyes too long these next few days. The place has a tendency to reel people back in. Still shaking completely while staring up at the figure, he could do nothing but nod his head. The person was smiling, grinning softly. Take care, she said. And this time, he could see something shimmering in the cold light of the elevator. Nearly translucent, the set of horns were bent backwards and another chill ran down his spine. The figure above him winked, pulled the hood back over its head, and simply disappeared from one moment to the next, just before the elevator reached its destination. Floor 22. He heard the ding of the bell and could see the door opening. Mr. Wilkins was already standing there, waiting, taking in a big breath and getting ready to scream. Carter's eyelids fluttered. He tried to fight against the tiredness. They closed, and there it was, the smell of cold, wet straw and rotten flesh. Hard stone beneath him. He cursed as he heard the sound of naked flesh tapping over the ceiling. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this week's story. If you did, please consider supporting us on buymeacoffee.com slash hauntedtalespod. If you have anything to share with us, be it comments, story ideas you would like to hear, 
or just cute pictures of your pet, you can find all of our social media links in the episode descriptions. Until next time.